some things leave you guessing. Like, why are yawns contagious? But not MailChimp. MailChimp eliminates guesswork from email marketing by analysing data from billions of emails to offer up personalised recommendations for how to improve your email content and targeting. Guess less and sell more with Intuit MailChimp. Eleven-year-old Ryan Larson left his school on May 17, 2021, and he has not been seen since. Ryan has high-functioning autism, Tourette's and epilepsy. But unfortunately, he did not have his medication when he walked out of school that day. Before his disappearance, Ryan searched YouTube for videos on how to hide from police. This indicates he left on his own accord. But is that still the case? And if so, where is Ryan? This is Ryan's story. In the beginning, we, we stand with the Larson family since day one. We'll stand beside them, behind them, wherever else they want us to stand until we find Ryan. Ryan's mother, Tammy, asked Wedekin to read her remarks. She shared how Ryan loves to be inventive and has aspirations to go into a number of public service fields. Ryan has big dreams, so we need to find him to bring him home so he can accomplish every one of them. Ryan Larson was born June 8, 2009 in Omaha, Nebraska, and he lived in this area his whole life. Ryan was in the sixth grade at La Vista Elementary School, where he excelled in his classes. It is not clear whether it was just Ryan and his mother in May 2021 or if his father or stepfather lived there too. I have seen it reported both ways, that Ryan lived with just his mother, but it's also phrased in some articles that both parents were at work the day that Ryan disappeared as well. Regardless, not much is known about the Larson family, except that Ryan has an older sister with whom he was super close with. Ryan lived with at least his mother at the Southfield Apartment Complex on 84th and Harrison Street in La Vista, Nebraska. Now, La Vista is a suburb of Omaha with a population of a little over 17,000. It is a place you would want to raise your family. It regularly appears in the top 10 of the safest places to live in Nebraska. There is a low crime rate and a present law enforcement team. Ryan is considered high-functioning autistic. He is described by people who love him as an all-around good kid. He loves those around him with all his heart. He is obsessed with anything to do with true crime and law enforcement. One of the more widely circulated pictures out there of Ryan, you will see him wearing a fake police badge. He wanted to be a police officer when he grew up. Ryan would make Christmas presents and baubles for the local police station. He loves building and making things. He would take things apart just to see how they worked. Ryan seems just so super smart. Honestly, he sounds like the best kid ever. Ryan is also very shy around new people. But once he gets to know you, he loves to talk and is witty and funny. Something I guess is important to remember here especially if we do consider child abduction or a grooming situation. Ryan does not look like your typical 11-year-old, now 12-year-old. 
At the time of his disappearance, he was 5 foot 8 and 125 pounds. Just as a comparison, my average sized 12-year-old is 5 foot 2 and 90 pounds. At the time of his disappearance, Ryan was the size of a full-grown man. Look, I don't know how much this comes into play with his disappearance, but I'm thinking it seems less likely for a child abduction scenario. But as I said, it is something that is definitely worth keeping in the back of your head in this episode today. Monday, May 17th, 2021, around noon. The children were changing classes, going from one classroom to the next, so there was a lot of children mingling in the hallways. This would be the last time Ryan would be seen by school employees. According to his mother and teachers, Ryan is wearing a black jacket, blue jeans, a white Old Navy brand shirt, and is carrying a polka dot umbrella. It had rained earlier that day, and it was still a bit drizzly outside. Now remember this umbrella because it does come up again later in this story. Unfortunately, Ryan chose the time to sneak out of school at a time when the teachers were distracted. Children going in and coming out of their classrooms. But it was during this time that Ryan decides to sneak out through the fire door exit. Now thankfully, Ryan's teacher notices this immediately, that Ryan isn't in her class and police were notified within five minutes of Ryan leaving the school. Ryan's mother was also contacted to let her know that her son was missing. Police were on the scene within minutes, and they searched the school and surrounding grounds with the aid of school officials. Air ducts were checked, as Ryan was known to hide in small spaces for long periods of time. He loves playing hide-and-seek, but more on that too a little later. Police also searched around the Southfield apartment complex, where Ryan lived with his mother, and this was only about one mile from his school. But unfortunately, no sign of Ryan could be found. Now, Ryan did have a history of running away from home, but in the past, he was always found within a couple of hours. And as the day turned into night, there really was a concern for Ryan's safety. That night, Nebraska State Patrol issued an endangered missing advisory for Ryan, and a massive search was launched. Now, what being on an endangered missing advisory means is that Ryan becomes part of a statewide missing person system, instead of just being in a local one. This allows police officers right across the United States to access Ryan's missing persons records. It puts more eyes on the case. Hundreds of volunteers, law enforcement officers, search and rescue teams from several different jurisdictions, and even the FBI and the Centre for Missing and Exploited Children became involved. They all came together to find Ryan. A door-to-door canvas was undertaken to see if anyone had seen or interacted with the 11-year-old that afternoon, and they asked residents to check their properties. Local sex offenders were also interviewed, and their whereabouts for the time that Ryan went missing were verified. Honestly, the speed of this investigation was amongst the best that we have come across, and it should be applauded. I think local police officers felt this missing person's case personally. They all knew Ryan. 
He and his mother would frequently go into the La Vista Police Department to bring the local officers treats and snacks and gifts. As I said before, Ryan wanted to be a police officer when he grew up, and he was always full of questions and admiration for the local law enforcement team. For the first week of the search for Ryan, police were confident they were going to find Ryan alive and he would be found safe. Quote, Our FBI partners have told us that they have found missing kids with autism that have been out there for seven days, and they have been found alive and everything has been okay. Unquote. One particular area of interest was the Walnut Creek Recreation Area. It was an area that Ryan knew well, and he loved going there with his mother. They would visit this area quite frequently. Police lowered the water levels to make it easier for divers to search the lake using sonar technology, but still nothing was found. There was no sign of Ryan anywhere. It was as if he vanished into thin air. Authorities even closed the popular recreation area for one whole week, so to protect any potential evidence. Aerial searches were also done. Investigators would work with the same investigators that worked on the Kieran Carter case in Hammond, Indiana. Kieran was a 12-year-old autistic boy who went missing in similar circumstances not long before Ryan. Now, unfortunately, in Kieran's case, his body would be found in a lake almost two weeks after he disappeared. Bodies that drowned in water usually surface within three or four days. The reason Kieran was found later was because of the low water temperature, which was only 65 degrees Fahrenheit. This kept the body preserved and under the surface longer. And where this relates to Ryan's case is that the water temperature in Walnut Creek Lake was 65 degrees as well. But multiple searches by the police divers and using high-technology equipment, there just wasn't any evidence Ryan went into the creek that day. Search dogs went over the area multiple times. We know that several dogs hit on the exact same spot in the northeast end of Walnut Creek. But what that was and what that means, we don't know. We don't even know what they picked up on was even Ryan. Given it's still an active investigation, police have never released this information publicly. Law enforcement asked local businesses and homeowners to check their security footage for any sign of Ryan. And this again, so much recognition needs to go to the community coming together to do all they could to help law enforcement. Time and time again, you hear in these missing persons investigations where businesses cannot or will not check their surveillance footage or hand over this footage to law enforcement. But this isn't the case here for the most part. Most of the businesses checked or handed over their tapes to law enforcement. Now, unfortunately, there are always some that refuse. And they were subpoenaed and that takes time. But police did end up securing and viewing all the security footage in the area. Something I did find strange here is that La Vista Elementary School did not have any security cameras. So there is no indication in which direction Ryan walked off in initially when he left the school. 
Now, these security cameras did provide a potential break in the case. Someone thought to be Ryan Larson was seen in the business district close to his home between 1.30 and 2.30 on the afternoon he disappeared. You can actually see his apartment complex from this area. But who was thought to be Ryan is seen between the KFC and the La Vista Kino. This footage has not been released publicly, but according to those who have seen it, he is standing by some light poles. He's kind of dancing around and then hiding behind the pole, like he's playing some sort of game. He appears to be alone in the footage. He isn't seen walking with anyone. He isn't seen talking to anyone. He isn't seen getting into a car. He just stands there for a while and then walks out of view. For what it's worth, Ryan's mother firmly believes it is her son in the security footage. She's viewed it several times. The footage was also sent to the FBI for analysis and to see if they could enhance the images so police could get a better idea if this was actually Ryan and if there was anything of interest in the footage. From what we have found in our research, they have not been able to do this, but it seems to be widely accepted by everyone that the person in the footage is Ryan Larson. Now, interestingly, police were looking for Ryan around this time, and at one point in the footage, a police cruiser actually drives in the background, which must be so frustrating for the police and Ryan's family to potentially been that close to him so soon after he was last seen, to have only missed him in the search. Sometime between 1pm and 2pm, a neighbour taking out their trash would later report seeing Ryan standing near the dumpster area of the Southfield apartment complex where he lived. Now, Ryan did not have a key to his apartment, and both of his parents worked. Ryan was the only child still living at home, so no one would have been there. It is not clear what his expectations or intentions were when he returned home. Ryan's mother generally would return home from work around 2pm, so it is possible he knew this and he was waiting for her. Or maybe he didn't even realise he wasn't able to get into his home, Maybe he thought he could open the door and walk right on in there. I can't help but wonder, if he was able to get into his apartment, would he have stayed there and hidden somewhere there? Or was he planning on getting some clothes and supplies if he was running away from home for whatever reason? Maybe he intended on never even entering the apartment. Maybe he was just drawn to that particular area, because that was what was familiar to him. Possibly the same area that someone agreed to meet him at that day. While initially police believed Ryan left on his own accord and was playing his favourite game of hide-and-seek, and then gotten stuck or perhaps gotten lost, they have also considered this was an online grooming situation. A month into the investigation, police extended the radius of interviewing and reviewing alibis of sex offenders that lived in the surrounding counties. The Vista Police Chief Bob Lawston was quoted as saying, He could be a walkaway. He could be with a familiar person. We don't know. At this point, I just find it hard seeing him wandering away and getting stuck somewhere. Unquote. 
This is an endangered missing persons case, and until we find Ryan, we can't even get to that point to figure that out. We have no evidence that uh, has led to believe that this is an abduction or some type of uh, uh, malevolent event that's taken place. Regardless, these were the only and last sightings of Ryan. There have been two unconfirmed sightings of Ryan the day after he disappeared, one being near the La Vista Library. But there is no CCTV footage available to support these sightings, and police are not confident these sightings are actually of Ryan. Four days after Ryan was last seen, the polka dot umbrella he was carrying at his elementary school was found near the Southfield Apartment Complex's dumpster area where he was last seen. The umbrella was sent to the FBI analysis lab for DNA testing, and it was determined that this was definitely Ryan's umbrella. It is unclear why it took four days to find the umbrella, as the area had been previously searched multiple times. Now, it is possible someone found it and threw it in the dumpster area, or perhaps it had fallen out of the dumpster when it had been emptied. These are all reasonable explanations why it wasn't found during those initial searches. But what this means is, we know for certain that Ryan, or at least his umbrella, made it back to the apartment on the day he disappeared. Ryan's mother is adamant that her son would not deliberately leave this umbrella behind, as it had special meaning to him, because this umbrella was given to Ryan by his older sister, and she had just moved out of the family home and he missed her terribly. Now, because Ryan's umbrella was found near the dumpster, there was obviously talk that maybe Ryan hid in the dumpster and then couldn't get back out again, and was maybe now in some landfill. Police did consider this theory. Authorities did have someone a similar size to Ryan get into the dumpster to see if they could open the lid and get back out, and they could. But there wasn't enough there for law enforcement to put the resources towards searching landfill. They claimed to search the landfill, it would take 20 people searching five days a week, 78 months to comb their way through it. And considering the dumpster was emptied at 12.30 that day and Ryan was seen after this, to the La Vista police, quote, You don't search landfills on a hunch. You search landfills on evidence, unquote. Unfortunately, due to Ryan's age, he did not have a cell phone with him at the time of his disappearance, but he had previously worn a Project Lifesaver bracelet. And this is a program I only learned about after researching for this episode. The Project Lifesaver bracelet is a bracelet for endangered youth with autism and other disabilities who have a tendency to wander off and hide. But they wear this bracelet that has a transmitter in it. So in cases like this one, the young person's location can be tracked making law enforcement's job that much easier to find them quicker and much more likely to find them safe and well. If any good has come out of this case so far, it has been the awareness given to the Project Lifesaver program because of it, and more families are wanting to join to give them that peace of mind that given they are in the same unfortunate position Ryan's family are in now, 
they are more likely to find their loved one in those critical first few hours. Now, unfortunately, due to funding, there are a limited number of families that can be accepted into this program at any given time. So if you are able, I strongly encourage you to donate to Project Lifesaver. I will be donating this month's Patreon earnings to the Project Lifesaver program because I believe they are doing amazing things there. I will place links to the Project Lifesaver program in the show notes. But for Ryan, he had been taken out of the Project Lifesaver program in February 2021, just three months before he went missing. Because of his autism and his sensitivity to certain sensations, he wouldn't leave the bracelet on. He didn't like it and he kept cutting it off. What is concerning is apart from autism... Ryan also has Tourette's and epilepsy, for which he takes medication for every day. Now, while not taking these medications isn't life-threatening for Ryan, the medications were something he needed to help control his behaviours. Quote, It helps you cope with different things that are out there. Unquote. We've been in daily contact with this family. Um, the medications are on early on, um, you know, to control... Uh, whether it's Tourette syndrome or some of the other things, um, some of that medication wasn't dire. But again, now we're 10 days in, and um, if he is out there, the anxiety and some of the other complications that could occur by not having that medication we're really concerned about. Something else that was concerning to Ryan's family and the police were recent searches Ryan had done on YouTube. He had searched on how to hide from the police and he had watched several videos on his iPad before he went missing. Now, to me, exactly how recent these searches were done really determines to me their importance. We know that Ryan wanted to work in law enforcement when he grew up. Maybe he was just doing research on catching criminals, like getting background information on the best place to look for the bad guys. If he'd been searching for these videos or watching these videos a week or more before he disappeared, maybe it's unrelated to him going missing. But if we are talking in the days leading up to his disappearance or the morning he went missing, then that would make more sense. Just throwing ideas out here. Ryan's family are heartbroken at not knowing what happened to him. We are talking about more than nine months without any sign of what happened to Ryan, where he is or if he is safe, if he is still alive. There is just very little evidence out there to point strongly in any one theory or outcome. Ryan's family were interviewed by police very early on, and the police have said they have been nothing but cooperative in the investigation. Now, unfortunately, the investigation has been hampered by rumours and false sightings being posted on social media. As we see with any more high-profile case like this one and others like it, like the Oren and Orson West disappearance we covered back in episode 72. So much so, the police held a press conference to address the negative activity on social media that it was doing more harm than helping to find Ryan. Quote, We have come across a lot of tips. A lot of people out there are giving us information. But honestly, 
If you have heard it from a friend who saw it on Facebook, we are getting some stuff that is really taking us in some wild directions. We really need to narrow it down. Unquote. There has been some uh, uh, chatter on social media from some keyboard warriors in their basements talking about we have an arrest, we found Ryan. That is absolutely false. Any information that's going to come about this case is going to come from the La Vista Police Department. Um, if, if you see a rumor that comes up on there, don't get your hopes high, up high and don't become critical. Uh, our, our people are doing the best that we can. That. And again, some of the rumors that are floating out there are, uh, are just disgusting. I am sure it is frustrating for police that they are wasting their time on false leads and rumours. It really distracts them from what's important, and that's finding Ryan. June 8, 2021. Hundreds of people turned out at the La Vista Central Park to celebrate Ryan's 12th birthday. Everyone wore green, as this is Ryan's favourite colour. Attendees bought birthday cards with the hope that he will come home soon and read just how much people loved him and wanted him to be home and safe with his family. Ryan Larson was 11 years old at the time of his disappearance. He is 5 foot 8 and 125 pounds. He has brown hair and hazel eyes. Ryan was last seen wearing a black jacket, blue jeans and a white Old Navy brand shirt. He was also seen carrying a polka dot umbrella, but we know that this has since been recovered. If Ryan is still alive today, he would be now 12 years old. If you see Ryan, authorities have asked that you do not call out to him by his name, instead to keep your distance and call 911. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Ryan Larson, please contact La Vista Police Department on 402 Three three one one five eight two. If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss any episode, and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please share on your social media of choice and rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. This week's episode was researched, written, hosted and producted by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music is by Mayu.